Do scents evoke memories and transport you back to being on the beach during your favorite vacation? I know they do for me. Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil smells like summer or the beach in Aruba, bottled with all natural uplifting notes of mango, mandarin, grapefruit, lime, and cypress. But it's not just about the elevated scent. This body oil is clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and deeply moisturize, leaving skin silky and soft. It delivers that coveted post-vacation glow, like you just returned from a tropical getaway. And right now, you can get 10% off your first order with our code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. I love Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I use it every single day and I have for so many years. It makes me feel silky smooth and just glowing. This body oil is rich but never greasy and clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. It visibly firms your skin, leaving you more sculpted and toned. No wonder I feel so great after using it. But it gets even better. With Osea, you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. They are a women-founded company that has been making seaweed-infused skincare for over 28 years. So bring on summer. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skin and body care at Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code YOGA at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Hi friends. Hi everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's time for a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I am having a very emotional day. Oh wow. If I sound like I'm a little bit congested, it's because I just literally just came from therapy And I've been crying a lot, not just because of therapy or in therapy, but I've been crying a lot all day. (laughs) And um, I'm not crying right now, but I'm going to cry in a second again. I can feel it. (laughs) I can feel that this is going to be the kind of podcast where I cry, which always is your favorite podcast, isn't it? Isn't it true how the podcasts where I bawl the whole way through, those are the ones you love and enjoy the most? (laughs) Oh man, we do so much of everything on this show. We do so much laughing and crying and snorting and farting. I'm pretty sure I've farted on the show. Have I farted on the show? We do at, at least at the very least we do a lot of laughing and crying. And um I know I know you appreciate when I just tell the truth about about what's going on. So anyway, it is an emotional day. If you tuned in last week, I was sharing, (laughs) of course, last week feels like it was many moons ago. Last week, I was sharing the story of Dennis testing positive for COVID and kind of what transpired that day and everything that was kind of going down. And I didn't know, you know, am I am I going to get it? What's it going to be? I think I recorded on a Wednesday last week. Yes, I did. I did record on a Wednesday. I tried to record by Wednesday. As I'm sitting here now, it is a Thursday night. I'm super late with this pod. You know, this pod comes out like late night. Thursday, like Friday morning, early hour. So I'm not supposed to be recording this late, but that's just the kind of day and and week that this has been. So I I recorded on a Wednesday last week. Dennis woke up in the morning, tested positive. I came back home and I recorded the show. I didn't know what was going to happen, right? If was I going to get it or not? 
surprise, surprise, we all got COVID. Um, I'm pretty sure Leah had it too. Obviously, we all live together. We sleep in the same bed. We're just, we're a family, you know, and we didn't, we didn't try to isolate between us or anything like that in the family either. So I'm pretty sure we all had COVID. We all had something. We all had COVID. And it, it was a journey, I, I gotta say, but it was not at all the kind of journey I thought COVID would be. So just a little disclaimer before I go into all the ins and outs of, of this show, just I want to <laughs> feel so silly saying this, but I have to say it. This is me sharing my experience. <laughs> that, that shouldn't make me laugh, but it makes me laugh that I have to say it. Me sharing my, you're listening to my podcast. Obviously, it's me sharing my experience. But when I was sharing my experience while you know, current, you know, having COVID, I was sharing on Instagram, just how I was doing and what was going on. I had a lot of people really upset with me that I was sharing my experience the way I was. And then I had a few people tell me, well, you, you need to make what well, they were saying, like, you need to emphasize that this is just you, like, this is just you, it's your experience. And I'm like, well, duh, like, I'm not talking about anybody else's. I'm not talking about the experience of the majority of the world. I'm just sharing my stuff. Okay. So tiny disclaimer that nothing I say goes for everybody. <laughs> but you get that, right? Yes, you do. So yes, okay, I woke up Friday morning. So that's the day last week's podcast was out. I woke up Friday morning and I was ill. And it was funny because Wednesday, when Dennis got really, really, he was so sick. Oh my God, he was so sick. He, oh, I, It's been a while since I saw him that sick. He was really sick. His day one, I'm going to say his day one and a half, day one and two were truly bad, like really bad. Not bad. I mean, okay, let's, let's remember we're speaking in COVID terms. Really bad is not really bad. He was fine. Everything was okay. There was no, no point that he need to seek medical attention or... At no point was he worried or concerned, like he was fine all the way through. But his day one and two, he was really sick. He was sick enough that he couldn't make it to the guest house, which is pretty sick. You know, I like to I like to consider him kind of like a strong dude. And um, I, I set up a bed for him in the guest house and he just physically couldn't make it there. You know, he was just completely knocked out. So he was having a really hard time. But for me, Wednesday, I felt totally fine. Thursday, I felt great. You know, Leah and I were out adventuring in the woods and bringing picnics and I cleaned the whole entire house. And I just, I had a moment on Thursday where I was like, I'm not even going to get it. You know what? My immune system is so strong. <laughs> I'm not even going to get it. N not considering that like this variant, which obviously is the Omicron variant, is mega contagious, right? I mean, I'm sure by now, like everyone listening to this either is sick or has been sick, or at least in Sweden here, it's like every single person has it now. Our best friends have it. Like we have friends left and right that are currently sick. I have, you know, stuff going on and appointments left and right where people are canceling because they're currently sick. Um, last school was closing because everybody was sick. It's just It just feels like everyone is getting this variant now. But also that this variant is milder. Thankfully, I have to knock on some wood, which is just makes the general feeling, at least in where I am and in Sweden now, the general feeling of the pandemic is less scary, less panicky, less 
terror-filled. And I know that's not the case for everyone across the world. Of course not. This pandemic still is scary and it's always going to be scary. But at least right now in this stage of things where I am, it, it is becoming more like the feeling of, of, of it being kind of like a, like a cold, kind of like a flu. And it's interesting because when we came to Sweden, you know, like in December, they just increased the restrictions here for everybody, for everything. So now you need you need a like a vaccine passport to go to the cinema and you can't um, have big gatherings anymore. Like they just restricted a lot of things just right when we came. And now they have decided, you know, it's just like a month later, they decided that actually next week, Tuesday, all restrictions are going to be gone. And it's really, I don't know what, what to think about that. You know, it makes me feel like, like I like like the people in charge, like, do they know? It makes me feel like no one knows what they're doing. <laughs> it really does. Like month by month, like last month was like, fuck everything. Everything is closed. Everything is shut down. Everything is getting terrible. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then the next month is like, you know what? Like, no, no, let's not. Let's not go that route. Let's like lift all regulations. All restrictions are gone. Do whatever you like. Have fun. And it's like, okay. What's next month going to be? Like, I don't know. But anyway, so Friday morning I woke up and I was, I, I had like a tiny scratch in my throat Thursday night and Friday morning I, I had it. I just knew I had it. I had it. And for me, you know, the anticipation of two years of thinking about this virus and talking about this virus and freaking out about this virus and going through all the cycles and all the motions of you know, from the beginning of 2020, when I was really convinced that, oh my God, we might all die from this. Like it was really, holy shit. And I have been one of the people, I think, at least in my group of friends that has been more cautious in terms of wanting people to wash their hands before they enter the house and just, you know, being really mindful around who we're spending time. And we've been isolating like crazy. Like we've really followed the rules on this one. Okay. And I have a little, like I have a little bit of hypochondria, just a little bit. Like I am that kind of person that I, I, I don't deal with illness very well mentally. And whenever, especially with Leia and since becoming a mom, I kind of became like that. I wasn't like that before. But since becoming a mom, it's like, oh, I feel this and I start Googling it and I'm WebMDing stuff. And WebMD always tells you it's brain cancer. I mean, I mean, whatever you have going on, like WebMD will eventually take you down a rabbit hole of it being some kind of terrible cancer. And I'm that person who can like keep herself awake at night just in a rabbit hole of Googling terrible things, which is ter like never a good idea to WebMD anything ever. But I'm, I'm that person, right? And we also, I think part of it was we had that really scary experience right at the beginning. We're talking like second week of the pandemic. Leia got super duper sick. It was right when cases were showing up in Aruba and it was complete lockdown. It was like this, the time where like people couldn't even be walking in the street, really. You weren't supposed to even exercise outside. Like everyone was just locked inside their homes. Like remember that those really scary times feels like a long time ago. Wasn't that long ago, but kind of really long time ago at the same time. In the middle of that, Leah got really sick. She had a 41 degree fever. The fever wouldn't go down. She had a crazy cough. She had all the symptoms, right? And she was one of the first, if not the first, like young child to get COVID tested. This was March 2020. And there wasn't even facilities set up properly yet. And just going for that test with her 
which I super regret. I bring my regret even like agreeing to it now, now knowing what the pandemic became. But that then we didn't know it was like, we, we didn't even really know if it was dangerous to kids yet or, you know, it, it was so early. It was just, it was the time when just everything was fucking terrifying, right? I mean, it still is, but not at the same, at the same level. And um, yeah, and she had to be forcefully held down by a man wearing a hazmat suit who swabbed her nose. And they don't even do that for kids. Like now you can get your kids tested. They just test in the, in the throat. But it was just, I think it was really traumatic for her. Really, really, really scary. And having that experience overall with her having that crazy fever spike and us thinking that she had COVID and back when we thought COVID was really, really, really dangerous to kids. And it just, it's, it, we had a hard like and entering we entered the pandemic with that right so I became really anal about hand washing and isolating and especially like being married to Dennis who <laughs> if you've ever met Dennis or spoken to Dennis you know Dennis is he's a menace <laughs> he's not a menace but he's like he's the person who Two and a half years or two years into a fucking pandemic, you have to still tell him to wash his hands every time he comes back from some gathering. Like that's he, that's him. I have seen this man drop every kind of food on the floor. And I'm talking every kind of floor. I'm talking subway floor. I'm talking like 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 subway station floor. I'm talking trains. I'm talking air, airplanes. Like he will drop any kind of food, even like sticky food wet food, food covered in sauce. The man will drop any food on any floor and pick said food up with his hands and put said food back in his mouth. Okay, that is that is who I married. <laughs> and he also really like rarely gets sick. And it's probably because of that, because he has, you know, he has a strong immune system. He's, he's taking care of his gut biome by eating all sorts of dirt and shit all the time, <laughs> you know. But I mean, I, I married kind of a slob. He is a slob. So it's just been this kind of like the theme of the pandemic for us has been me telling him to go wash his hands, <laughs> him being annoyed that I'm telling him to go wash his hands. And then me being annoyed that he's annoyed that I'm telling him because I don't want to have to tell him, you know, like we have these loops that we do. So anyway, at, at, there was a point when he got it and then I wasn't getting it and I thought I was going to be totally fine and not even get it at all. And then, of course, I woke up Friday morning and, and I was sick. And just having had two years of worrying and talking about it and having it be the only thing on everybody's minds the whole time, for me, the experience getting COVID, it was, it was nothing like I had expected, nothing nothing. Now we were super lucky. This is of course this strain. If we had gotten any of the other strains, we would have had a different experience, of course. But basically my Friday was I had chills. I had body aches, like that kind of feverish ache, you know, when just like your body hurts a lot. But I didn't really ever run a fever, which was interesting to me. Like Dennis had a fever, but not a high fever at all. He was like kind of like at that level of barely breaking a fever. I had a little bit, almost nothing, but I got the fever chills, you know, that like when you're kind of sweating, but you're cold. And then what happened for me the first day was I got this crazy headache. Holy shit, this headache. This headache was like headache from hell. Really, really, really terrible headache. 
And the mental part of that, which was like, oh my God, is this only the beginning, right? My day one was that, was this crazy headache that I almost couldn't manage and feeling feverish and feeling chills and oh, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then my day one ended up being my worst day, which is so bizarre to me. Like it really, it was, it was not what I was expecting at all. Day one ended up being my worst day. The second day, I, my headache was gone and uh, I still had the body aches and a little bit of chills uh, and night sweats. Oh my God, I've been sweating. I, I just stopped sweating at night. Like that lasted maybe five days, just sweating. Oh my God, oh goodness. I was soaking through clothes in the middle of the night, even though I had no other symptoms. Like the last few days of it, I had no other symptoms, feeling great otherwise, but just like sweating all night, which I guess is a good thing. I mean, we know sweating helps the body get rid of unwanted stuff. So I think it was my body just getting the virus out of my system. But that was like a bizarre thing I was not expecting. Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. So yeah, day two, no headaches, just some chills. I had this weird pain where it felt like all my, all the pain that I had accumulated in my body, you know, because of the virus, all of a sudden went into my right knee. And I had half a day of just really intense knee pain. It was so crazy. And I posted about it on social media thinking like, maybe it's not even related. Like maybe I, one of the runs I went on last week, maybe I tweaked my knee or I did something, you know, like it doesn't have to be really, not everything is COVID just because you have COVID, right? But then all these people were writing me, oh my God, that's exactly it. That happened to me. That happened to me. That's, it's almost like the virus knows where you have a little bit of an inflammation or just a little bit of pain coming or where you've been injured in the past. And a lot of people wrote me really weird stories about having crazy intense pain in one hip or one ankle or one knee or the lower back or like a random feeling part of the body. So I, I know it was a, it was a, it was a COVID ache for sure, but it only lasted half a day. Thank God it didn't last. It didn't last at all. And when I woke up on my, what was supposed to be my like day three, I was 80% better. 
I mean, I had a bad day one, not not even that bad. I had a mild, mild, but bad headache day one. Day two was like, so, so day three, I was like, what? And that was it. That really was it. So for Dennis, it lasted longer. <laughs> I like to believe it had just a little bit to do <laughs> with the fact that the man doesn't drink water. <laughs> like, I'll ask him, hey, did you drink water? And he's like, you mean this week? <laughs> you mean this week or, or like or like last week? What do you mean? Like, did I drink any water this week? <laughs> the man doesn't drink any water. I, every day I gave him a little glass or a little bowl with his supplements of the day. And then at the end of the day, I would put said supplements back where they belong because he never took them. He doesn't drink tea, you know, he, all he craved, all like he, he didn't eat for the first two or three days, like at all. And then when he got his appetite back, all he wanted was burgers, fries and pizza. And of course, that's, that's what the man ate. <laughs> he didn't take any walks. He didn't go outside, didn't breathe fresh air, didn't get any sunshine, didn't go in the sauna, didn't do any of the things that I did to take care of my health. None. Okay, none. And still his whole, I mean, his whole experience, it was twice the length of mine, but mine was only two and a half days. So yeah, he was sick for five days. <laughs> and it sucks because Dennis is like the forever proof or the forever question mark as to do all the things I do to take care of my health at the, in this kind of extreme way. I mean, for some people, it's a little bit extreme, the stuff I do. Like, does it even work, right? Shouldn't Dennis be be much worse off all the time because he doesn't do, not only does he not do any of the things I do, but he like goes the opposite route of that. You know, he goes the hamburger route <laughs> in the middle of COVID. I, I don't know. I don't know. I want to share kind of what I did. And this is just me sharing what I did. I got a lot of questions about it. I am not a doctor. I am not an expert. I have some of these healing modalities that I use that I use in my day to day. I have some things that I've accumulated just working with different kinds of functional medicine doctors and regular MDs and people who are holistic doctors and in the field. And then some things that I just really felt like my body craved that, that I did. So I'm going to share what I did because people have asked. That does not mean that I'm telling you that this is a COVID protocol. No, no, no. This was my COVID protocol, what I did for me. Okay. And this is, uh, oh, I, I, I really, I really hate, and I can I don't use that word lightly, but I really hate how polarizing and impossible the conversation around health has become because of this pandemic. It really has. You know, there are people out there who genuinely believe that there's no such thing as, as being able to support one's immune system, that there's no difference, no matter what you do or how you live your life, there's not going to be any difference in how sick you get if you get sick or how you feel in your day-to-day -day life overall or how you get sick in any, you know when it comes to any other disease or issue. Like There's people who really believe that. And I am not of that belief. I am of the belief that the decisions that we make in our day-to-day -day life, how we take care of our bodies or not, that that is going to affect how we feel and that that is going to affect how we feel when we get sick, whatever kind of sickness that we get. I believe that. And it's sad to me that in this kind of the climate that we have going on now that we can't talk about health at all. And I think 
you know, even raising this issue, which I think is a huge thing that is not talked about enough at all. But isn't it, isn't it like if you just, if, if you zoom out and you get really objective around it, isn't it a little bit crazy that we are two years into a global pandemic that has, that has taken the lives of millions, that has made people super ill, that has made people super ill with really long-term side effects, that has fundamentally changed the fabric of the entire world, of our entire society. We're two years into this stuff and still no one on any kind of government level, as far as I can tell, there's not a single country in this world that has really taken charge of the conversation around health. Tell me a government that is making gyms, like that's subsidizing gyms and yoga studios and any kind of physical movement. Tell me a government that is making organic foods accessible and available to everyone. Tell me a government that is telling people to not drink alcohol and smoke cigarettes because that the chances of, of, of you getting sicker and not being able to manage the virus or any virus or any illness as well. Like tell me any, tell me a government that is actually giving people advice of how to fundamentally take good care of their health. I haven't seen that. And it, and it, and it breaks my heart. It really, really, really does. It breaks my heart that small establishments, small family-run restaurants, small family-run businesses and stores have been forced to close while the huge, huge fast food chains are thriving and open. And there are so many businesses and brands and corporations that do things that actually harm people's health that have gotten support to make it through this pandemic. And that there has been no talk around, you know, what maybe people should do less of to actually take care of their health. Like, why why aren't we told to spend more time outside? Why aren't we told to exercise more? Why aren't we told to drink enough water and drink less alcohol? Why aren't we told to not smoke, to not do drugs, to not... This drives me, it drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. And what drives me even more nuts is that anyone who raises that gets automatically labeled as, oh, so you don't, you don't believe in science. It's like you don't believe in, in pharmaceuticals. Like you are, you, you must be an anti-vaxxer. Like that, that's not true. I am not that at all. I just, I just don't see why you can't promote a vaccine and also tell people to take care of their health and maybe give them some advice around how to do that. Maybe make those healing modalities and practices more accessible to people who don't have access to those things right now because it's a huge thing it's a huge thing the fact that there isn't healthy food readily available to everyone is a massive thing and yet no you know i think this this conversation has been so one-sided and i'm really sick of it and i'm also really sick of the fact that that we can't have just a free-flowing conversation around health without being labeled a bunch of stuff or without somehow, yeah, being put in the box or being judged or being, I had a hard time just, I was sharing my experience with COVID just with through Instagram story, you know, and I wasn't, I was never saying, hey, everyone, you know what, this is just a breeze. Like, actually, this virus for everyone is super easy. It's not a big deal. We should lift all restrictions. Everyone should just go mingle with each other. No one should get vaccinated. Just fuck everything. That's how people treated me. 
as if that's what I had been saying when I said my experience with having this virus, this strain, yes, of course, was mild. I just said that my, this strain was mild and people lost their shit with me. Like I am urging people to be irresponsible. What? What? I, I, I have a really hard time with that. I would have loved to see more versions of the outcome of this virus just all throughout the past couple of years. For me, the anxiety, the mental health component to this actually, which is, of course, is not good for anyone's immune system. Stress and anxiety and fear and panic does not help us, does not help our health at all. And I think people are going to be responsible. We know what to do at this point. We really do know what to do. We know to wear our masks. We know to practice social distancing. We know that if we have a if we have symptoms to stay home, like everybody knows what to do. We've been told what to do for two years. And I think people are going to be responsible and do what they're supposed to do to be responsible and to take care of their health and to be responsible for other people's health. People know what to do now. And hearing that there's a person out there or there are many people out there who are having more positive experiences with this strain, I don't think that's going to make anyone any less responsible. If anything, it might take some of that panic off of people's shoulders. It might make people relax inside of themselves a little bit more and freak out less, which is good for our health, right? To feel and carry less stress, like that should be a good thing. But with me sharing that I didn't have a terrible time with COVID, there was a lot of people acting as if I was telling people to run amok (laughs) and go sneeze on each other and (laughs) just throw everything out the window and, and be crazy, you know, which is not at all it. It's so hard that we just can't have normal conversations with each other anymore. I, I don't know. I have a really hard time with that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. So anyway, my little protocol that I did. So the first thing, if I were to choose one single thing that I feel helped me have an easier go, And this is what I feel. I feel that the things that I did, and of course, the things that I've been doing for the past months and the past year, it's not just, not just the things I started doing the moment I was COVID positive, right? It's, of course, our way of life and the fundamental basis of our lifestyle that does a lot, like we know that. And then, of course, there are things that are out of our control. Doesn't mean that, you know, there's been really healthy people that have not managed well on this virus. Sometimes it it really feels like there isn't a lot of rhyme or reason. I know that. I know that. I also know people who don't take good care of their health at all, who've made it through just fine, right? So there's no cookie cutter, one size fits all at all. We know that by now. We, 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 We all know. What I felt was really, really helpful for me in every sense of the word was water. And not just, you know, of course, staying hydrated whenever we're ill. We know that. Just fluids, of course, of course. But for me, I I took water to the next 
level in a sense, I think. So I was unbelievably thirsty all throughout, all throughout. And even the days leading up to me actually being infected, I it was like my body knew to prepare. I don't know. I have been super, super, super thirsty. So I have been drinking my weight in water and tea and lemon water and ginger tea and juices and like just I've been drinking so, 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 so much um, to the point of like I'm up several times a night to pee. Like it, it, it was worth it. I just felt this massive need to to overhydrate. Yeah, just to overhydrate. I've been crazy, crazy hydrating like crazy. But then I have been taking Epsom salt baths. I took every single day as hot as I could manage. And it was interesting because there were days when I felt just really chilly and I wanted a super hot bath. And then the next day I was just feeling really hot, almost like those night sweats. And I didn't want the bath to be too hot. So just as hot as I could comfortably manage with Epsom salts. And then in the bath, I did castor oil packs. There's this castor oil packs. I think it's Ayurvedic, actually, Ayurvedic from long, long, long ago. I don't know the origins of castor oil packs or where it, it originated or started in the first place. But the idea of a castor oil pack is that wherever you have inflammation or wherever you have an infection in the body, that doing a castor oil pack helps you pull some of that out of, through the skin. So say you have, like I had knee pain, my right knee. Um, I would do a castor oil pack over my right knee and sit with that for 20, 30, 40 minutes. Now, what I was doing, the reason I did the castor oil packs is because I have asthma and I've had asthma since I was really little. My big concern was, what if this becomes a respiratory thing? Is that going to be harder for me to manage or no? You know, I'm really prone to, like I have allergies and asthma, I'm prone to sinus stuff and head colds and I get stuffy really easily and I have, you know, pollen allergies and I just, I didn't know. It's, it's just going to be one of those things where I, ha I become one of the people who have a really long-term effect because I have these prior stuff going on. So I did castor, castor oil packs on my chest, across my lungs, and there's lots of ways to do it. You know, I think that the hardcore way, which is not how I do it, but the hardcore way is that you warm castor oil up, you put it in a big jar, you warm it up. So it's just a little bit warmer than body temperature. And then you put um, pieces of fabric or like flannel or sheets that you rip up and you put into the jar so that you have infinite amounts of them and they're saturated with castor oil. And then you put that, say you're doing that on your chest, you start to layer them on top of your chest until the area that you're working with is completely covered and lay in several layers of fabric saturated in castor oil. And then some people even will like wrap that area in like a saran wrap or like a plastic to really hold it together and to keep the heat in. And then you put a hot, like a warm, um, what do you call it? Like a hot bottle on it. I have one of those wheat warmers. Um, that I use a lot, but um, like a hot water bottle, is that, that's how you call it? There's a, there's a name for that thing. Anyway, you put that on top and then you sit with that for like 40 minutes or an hour. What The way I do it is kind of an easier way. I do it in the bath, so it's not super messy. And I just literally rub or soak the area that I'm working with, with castor oil. And then I put a few layers of towels on top as I'm sitting in the hot bath. Um, which for me works, works, works really well too. So I did that. I did the Epsom salt bath. Um, I was in the sauna in my infrared sauna every day, sweating 
just sweating. And it might sound counterintuitive to some that, you know, when you're sick to go and make your body hotter. So it's really important to, like for me, the moment I, I learned this, which is so strange that I had gone so many years of my life not knowing this, you know, my whole life I thought a fever is a bad thing. A fever is a scary thing. Whenever we have a fever, uh-oh, fever's bad. We have to make the fever go away, right? That's how I was raised. Like the moment you have a fever, you need to take ibuprofen or an aspirin. You need to take something to get that fever to go because the fever is bad. When actually fevers are good, like the fever is your body's natural response to having an infection. The body will heat itself up to kill a virus or to kill a bacterial infection. That's what the body naturally does to take care of what's not supposed to be in the body or to take care of what's not working in the body. So the fact that we run fevers is actually a really healthy sign that our immune system is working. Now, of course, we all know that there is such a thing as too high of a fever. So I'm not talking about fevers that are scary for me. Uh, a fever of 104, uh, 40 degrees, 40.5 maybe, like that's the limit that I'll put in our family um, before I start treating a fever, especially for Leia, like she's young. But as long as she's hydrating, like she's still drinking, and this was the case when she was little also, as long as she's hydrating, she's responsive, she's acting like herself, you know, of course, she has a fever, she's going to be sick and cranky and tired and all those things. But as long as she's drinking, I would not, this is my personal choice, of course, I would not treat a fever. And I find that letting fevers run their course will take care of the illness much faster than killing the fever with medication, because it means the body doesn't get to do what the body is supposed to do. So it might sound a little bit, you know, counterintuitive to that when you're ill to go into the sauna. But for me, and of course, I, I have a functional medicine doctor that I asked for advice um, I felt really intuitively drawn to being in the heat and to sweat. So I got, I really had that feeling inside of my own body that, oh, I want to sweat this out. I just really, and I would go into the sauna with the intention of spending 20, 30 minutes and I would spend an hour because it just felt so good. And of course, I'm hydrating all throughout, just drinking water all the whole entire time I'm in the sauna. But that water, the water element for me in COVID, like drinking water, like submerging my body in water, floating in water, sweating out water, just being soaking wet. Like there was something about water overall in all of those ways that felt really, really, really helpful to me. And then what else did I do that was really helpful? Yeah, this is something I would recommend, really recommend anyone who works with a neti pot um, especially this strain. I've heard from so many people that this strain is less deep respiratory system and more of the top respiratory system focus. So instead of it going into the lungs and being this very breathing and cough-centered symptoms, a lot of people are having head colds and headaches and getting really stuffy and not being able to breathe through their noses. And like it's more centered around the head versus centered around the chest. I don't know if this is the case for, for everyone, of course, but that a lot of people were sharing that with me. And I know I tend to get head colds. I tend to get really stuffy. So I was really, oh, I, I was just expecting for that to be really bad for me, like not breathing through my nose for several weeks. And oh my God. So I started using the neti pot <clears throat> every single day, every day. If you've never heard of a neti pot, Google one. They're really cheap. It's basically a little plastic. It looks like Aladdin's lamp. <laughs> 
that's my best way of, expl- of describing it. Looks like Aladdin's lamp. And you mix a little bit. I think I do. I do a quarter to half a teaspoon of pink Him- Himalayan salt in there. There's also neti pot salt that sometimes is sold with the neti pot. And you mix that with purified water. And then you you stand over the sink. You put the neti pot in one nostril. And then you pour this, this saline solution through your sinuses and it comes out the other nostril. So it's basically flushing your sinuses. And I would do one whole neti pot in one nostril and then fill it again and then do the other, other nostril on the other side. And every time I did, it was like I... Yeah, it was kind of, I don't know, actually, my dad had COVID right, right around Christmas. And he still has sinus stuff going on. He had COVID that was really centered around his sinuses. And then it became a sinus infection. And he still has it like he's still struggling. And it's been two months almost or a month and a half. So I think I was even more aware just through that. And the neti pot for me was a life saver. I never got a head cold. I never got stuffy. I didn't have to blow my nose at all, like a single time throughout the whole experience. I just didn't have that sinusy experience aside from the headache on the very first day. And um, of course, like I have no clue. Maybe had I done none of these things, I would have had the same experience. But I feel intuitively, especially that the neti pot was really helpful. Neti pot is just a great practice to have for anyone who deals with sinus stuff. If you have allergies in allergy season, oh my God, you need to be neti potting every day. <laughs> like you really do. It's a, it's a game changer. If you've been dealing with mold, the neti pot can help clear mold particles from your sinuses. I mean, any anytime, you, you know, if you have a just a regular cold, like the neti pot, it's a... Oh. I, I love mine. Mine is permanently on my sink. Like <laughs> it's on the counter in our bathroom because I use it every day. It's so, so, so good. So I feel like these things were just a couple of things that I did that were really helpful. I try to sleep as much as I could. I'm a terrible sleeper when I'm sick. I, uh, yeah, I really get into that f- flow of like, oh, how can I, well, what should I do? I need to do something to get better. I just, I'm, I'm a bad napper overall. So I, I didn't sleep all that much. And then I took my supplements. I did colloidal silver. Of course, you know, before you take anything, you do your you do your research, you ask your medical provider for advice, all of that jazz. I've been taking quercetin and um, NAC and acetylcysteine. <laughs> I've been taking for a long time. Bromelain. What else did I take? Vitamin C, zinc, vitamin D, probiotic. I have a, an immunity mushroom blend that I take anytime I feel under the weather. I took that. Ashwagandha, I take a lot. I did a lot of nettle tea and dandelion tea, astragalus herbs. Oh my God, you guys know I'm, I'm, I'm a little crazy with my supplements, but I just really stayed good and solid with taking my supplements every day and the neti pot and drinking as much water as I could and then getting in the bath. And I don't know if these things help me, but I really think that they did. So sometimes it's also just listening to the body and kind of asking the body what feels like the next right thing. Like the neti pot was not something that I was, you know, thinking about before as something that I would use if I got COVID. It was just, yeah, I I got COVID and immediately went, okay, this, this feels like it would be helpful. And then every time I used it, it really, really, really was. So all in all, oh, I feel like everything I say in this episode needs to be 
disclaimed. <laughs> like I need to give a disclaimer again. Like again, this is just my experience. There, I'm sure so many people out there who could have done exactly the things that I did and they still would have ended up super, super, super sick. I know. And I know this virus is not fair. It doesn't have rhyme or reason. It's a bullshit fucking virus. It's a bullshit fucking pandemic. No one should be sick. No one should have lost their lives. No one should have lost a loved one. No, we shouldn't be here. Okay, I'm resisting the whole fact that we have had to deal with this for two years. It's bullshit. And it sucks. And it's so very unfair. And I also recognize my own privilege in the fact that that I had the ability to do these things, right, that I have a bathtub, that I can afford these kinds of supplements, that, you know, I could stay home with my kid and not worry and stress about work. Privilege also, we know, is a huge factor when it comes to how people recover from this virus. And I want to just own and really recognize my own. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. So yeah, and now, you know, I had, when all my symptoms went away, I still had those night sweats. And now, you know, it's been, it's been a week. <laughs> and, um, and I feel good. The thing that's been lingering, and I don't know if this is the case for anyone else, but both Dennis and I have been really emotional just coming out of COVID. He had a day just feeling almost completely depressed, like really, really, really low, and I've been feeling just kind of close to tears over the past couple of days, which I don't know, is this is that part of part of making it through COVID? Is it part of the side effects of COVID? I, I, I don't know. Or is it just human beings being human beings? I really don't know. But today was one of those days where I, I don't even know what my trigger really was. I have been increasingly worried about Leia in, in school lately. This is not really part of this whole big conversation, but I have been, I have been. She's been missing her old school in Aruba and the school she's in now is very, she went from a Montessori to a Waldorf. It's very different. She missed so much. She basically had one week of going to school and then she's been gone for like a month or three weeks and now she's back. So she hasn't gotten a chance really to make friends and to integrate in the group. And, and I have been really worried that you know, that, that it's not a good fit for her, that maybe it's not the right kind of school for her. Maybe we should have kept the Montessori style for her. She doesn't speak Swedish very well. And I've caught her like, like I, when I pick her up at school, I like to sneak up on her a little bit and just kind of watch from afar to see how she's doing. And does she have friends and who's she playing with? And, and I keep seeing her like she's playing alone a lot. And um, I keep seeing her speaking English you know, to kids who don't speak English. And I worry, I worry, is she like the odd kid in school that no one wants to play with because they don't understand her? Also, culturally, it's a big difference. Like she has a very different energy compared to the regular Swedish kids. She's very loud. 
which I love about her. She's very assertive, super bossy, and it's not really the Swedish way, you know, the Swedish way is to wait your turn (laughs) and to do things in order. And she's just not like that. And I don't know, I woke up this morning for some reason and I just told myself, oh my God, what if this all was a big mistake? What if Sweden is a big mistake? What if the school is a big mistake? What if she's suffering? What if she's miserable all day? What if she's sad? Oh my God, I can't. Okay, now I'm crying. I told in the beginning I was going to cry and now I'm crying. I, I can't bear the thought that she is not thriving, that she is not as happy and feeling as good as she possibly could. Just the thought that maybe the school is not a right fit. And there's nothing big or terrible that's happened. It's just a feeling I'm getting that I I feel more left out. I feel a little more excluded in this school compared to her old school. I don't know what what's going on in the day. And it's making me kind of, it's making me scared. And I woke up this morning and I told Dennis, have I made a huge mistake? <laughs> And I can laugh saying that now because it's so silly, but like, oh my God, maybe we shouldn't have moved to Sweden. And I took her out of this amazing school that she had in Aruba. And maybe this is all terrible. Have I ruined all of our lives? And like, I went down this rabbit hole of everything is bad, which of course is not true, right? Everything is not bad. A lot of things are a lot better, (laughs) (laughs) than they were when we lived in Aruba. One of them being like, I'm a lot happier. I was really miserable in Aruba. I was not happy in Aruba. I haven't been happy in Aruba for a long time. And having a mom that's happy, and I speak from from experience, like goes a long way, right? Like that I know. It makes a huge difference whether or not your parents are happy and content. And I know me being happy is good for our family. Me not being miserable is a good thing. And we've had a beautiful two months here. We really, really, really have. And it's so typical. It's so typical to have, it's almost like the honeymoon phase of being in Sweden is over and now reality is here and not everything is perfect, right? Like not everything is perfect. Not everything is great. Not everything is awesome. And that's what it is. (sighs) And in a way, now that I'm out of this pit of just crying all day, feeling like I'm a horrible mother, <laughs> and I went to therapy and was reminded that actually every single decision that I've made since the moment my daughter was born was for her well-being. Like I have never made a decision in my entire life that hasn't been centered around the best thing for her. That's how much I love her. Like I would move a mountain, you know, for her if there was a if 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 I thought she would be happier in Aruba I would move us back to Aruba oh my god there's nothing I wouldn't do you know and sometimes it's just good to be reminded (laughs) sometimes we need just that kind of reality check that the decisions that we make even if sometimes they're bad decisions like say I would come to a place at some point in the future where I come to the conclusion that Sweden was a bad idea I don't think so because so far Sweden's been a great idea and everything has been so beautiful. But if that would happen, like even in those moments or if we get to a place where we've made a major mistake or fucked up, like for majority of us, for most of us in most of our moments, even those things and those decisions were made out of love. 
out of wanting the best possible outcome for our kids, for our family, for the people that we love the most. It's like we're all trying so hard and we're all so hard on ourselves and we all have such high expectations on ourselves and we only accept perfect, nothing less. And it's like, oh my God, can we just cut ourselves some slack and remind ourselves that every freaking decision we make, we make out of love. We try our best every day. And I think the past couple of days, I kind of forgot that I, I've, I've, I try my best, you know. And even if this school isn't the best fit for her, like we would find another school that will be. I don't, I don't, I trust that. <laughs> it's just, I kind of want to blame COVID for this pit of self-pity and total depression I was in today. There, even... I, I can't remember. There was something I told Dennis that I, I really genuinely love. <laughs> and I just started hating it. Like everything today was just, oh my God, it's so bad. And it's like, no, it's not, it's not bad. <laughs> Snap out of it. It's just COVID. And it's just, it's February. Okay. It's February. I'm bound to have one day that isn't epic, you know, having moved to Sweden in the dead of winter <laughs> literally moved to where the sun doesn't shine and today I was complaining that the sun wasn't shining oh my god anyway I want to thank you for listening to this episode I hope you are healthy I hope you are well if you have a different way of doing things and it's not how I do things when it comes to health that is okay you don't have to tell me on Instagram. Please don't. And if you have a similar way of doing things, that's awesome. Also, you know, I think the most important thing is that we anchor back into that place inside of our own bodies where we're able to listen to what we need. And even, you know, this is the same thing is true for when we're not feeling our best is that we're trying our best still. And sometimes things are out of our control and just know that, I know you're fighting and I know you're trying so hard and I know you are doing the best you can. So just keep doing that. You're on the right path. Thank you. I love you. Have a beautiful, beautiful weekend and the rest of this week. And I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoy the show, please listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart, available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your shows. And of course, thanks to all of my sponsors. Make sure you support them the way they support this podcast. This was a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>